0: Hey everybody, it's Cory here. This is the first of our bonus episodes. Normally this episode would only be available to patrons of Surviving Creativity, but we thought we'd release this one wide so that you get an idea of some of the extra features that you'd be getting if you become a patron. Basically, we record for two or more hours every time we put an episode together. Much of it becomes our outtake episodes, just little snippets of things that don't really fit in with the topic, but... Oftentimes, Brad and Scott and I will sort of go on a tangent and talk at length about something that could in and of itself be sort of a half episode or maybe a mini episode. And that's exactly what you're going to be listening to today. Hope you enjoy this. And again, if you would like to become a patron and get even more content like this, head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and become a patron today. Well, first of all, Shana has a suggestion after listening to the show. She thinks that during our beautiful intro jazz, mm. that the introduction should should happen on top of it. Oh. I think she's nuts because nobody does it like that.
1: <laughs> well, that's not a good reason to not Well, do but, it. Yeah, let's buck
0: the fucking trend. So what we can do is we can take this section and put it over... And mm. lock out our gorgeous jazz. I don't know how I feel about this. And what we can do is, I can so I could introduce the show. For, if we were going to do it, we do it like this. I'd you say, want to take the
1: debate about whether we should put an intro over the jazz and use that debate over the jazz,
0: right? And then and then what? And but if we were to do it, it would go like this. I would say what? I can't I hear would, you over the jazz. <laughs> I, what I would say is, welcome to surviving creativity. The show uh. out" The show all about following your dreams and becoming your own boss and surviving the process. I'm one third of your hosts, and my name is Corey Casone. And I'm two
1: thirds of
2: your <laughs> of your host, Scott Kurtz. And I'll form the head. I'm Brad Geiger. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make a Voltron reference? Yes! <laughs> Hey, you know what? I'm here to tell you, I've done, I've done really good on my resolution. I have, I have, I haven't been able to quit cold Turkey, but I am not starting and ending the days on social media. Oh, good work. Like I'm, I'm just jumping on a couple times just to respond to people who have, uh, responded to me. Uh, I'm on Hootsuite, uh, say like the first thing in the I love that. And 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 actually when I first start out, that's what I wanted it, 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 it's like before I was waiting on social media to post cuz it's like I don't want to post yet cuz nobody on the West Coast is up yet. Yeah. Now I just get yeah, get I post like two or three things, schedule them out and then turn it off. Yeah, you just set up ahead of time. I'm I'm doing much better. So you're you're about a week in then. I'm a week in and you're feeling good. And I'm <laughs> Yes. Now I have not.
0: I'm I'm Brad Geiger and I'm five weeks sober from Twitter. (laughs) I've got
2: got my one week.
1: (laughs) I'm one week in from having cut Twitter out of my life completely and I'm panicking. Are you really? Mm hmm. Day one was weird. Not bad, but weird. Day two through yesterday, I kind of forgot about it. Mm hmm. And then yesterday, I started to feel panicky. Why are you define panicky? It's the same feeling as when I work ahead on strips, and I'm not posting a strip the night before, and I feel like I'm disconnected from my audience. Like I'm not panicking. Like what's everyone saying? What's what's going on Twitter? But I'm panicking. Like my audience is trying to talk to me, and I'm not hearing them. And they're gonna stop following me, and my Twitter count's gonna go down.
0: Well, uh, or, as the guy, or, as the guy who posted for you this weekend, uh, I can tell you that no one cares, and you gained about thirty followers.
2: <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Maybe you ought to take over my Twitter.
0: i I mean i already run like four or five accounts i guess i could take one more (laughs) i
1: don't really know what i said this week either i guess i could go look what did Corey say as me i don't say anything as
0: you i if i think you should tweet something i because you texted me once i want to tweet this and then one time i asked you about like give me a tweet for the to promote the show Mm-hmm. So you you basically only tweeted twice and it was about the show. Yeah, I've tweeted a bunch about the show and the strip. There you go. One way street all promotion and guess what happened? You picked up followers more than the previous <laughs> week. Go look at your well, you can't look at your stats. So your stats say you gained more followers by only talking about your work and you didn't have to look at them.
1: Yeah, I have not. I have not uh, stared at my phone a bunch of times sitting around. I'm not. I'm. I'm spending less time on my phone, and I'm happier for it. Yeah. Do you? Do you right. really think that? Yeah. I mean, like I mean, I I said, I'm not.
0: I'm not trying to talk you out of it, but I'm asking you a serious question. Like, do you? I know. I know you're saying you felt a little weird about it. I mean, to me, it's like I just think about before I had Twitter. The first
1: day was weird because I. It, it dawned on me how much I actually stare at that phone. Yeah, it's a lot. Just seeing like what was said in the last 10 minutes, what was said in the last 20 minutes. Has anyone posted anything new? And kind of an underlying subconscious... Um, <laughs> there's this great show called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. It started off uh, really, really funny and just got weirder and weirder. But at one point, it the cold open was... Um, usually the cold open is someone making a suggestion for wacky hijinks. And one cold open, the guy was like, we should do this. And the other two guys are like against who? And he's like, no one, we should just do it. And they're like, yeah, but who is it versus who is it against? (laughs) (laughs) And He's like, no one, it's not against anyone. We just should do it. And they're like, but, but to stop, to hurt who against who? (laughs) And uh, I think a lot of me reading Twitter is, what am I going to post and who am I versus today? Yeah,
0: yeah you, you really have always kind of thought of it. That's always been my perception of how you use Twitter is you've always kind of come at it like it's a
2: confrontation.
0: Yeah, like it's like it's an us versus them kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Like, who am I speaking out against? What's who versus? <laughs> who am I pissed off who at versus, today? Yeah, you should open Twitter. Cool. Against who? <laughs> <laughs> versus who
0: versus, are we against? Who are we fighting? It's not who are yet. we fighting. Yeah, it's not so now.
2: Corey, would you really suggest to somebody who's like starting out or intermediate level uh, creator to just do commercial only Twitter where it's nothing but promoting your stuff? No, it's I don't know that I agree with that.
1: No, but you have to understand that I'm a unique flower. Well, I, well, no, I, I, but that's I, what
2: that's Corey – a little bit earlier, Corey said, yeah, just uh, nothing but promoting your comic. And I, I wanted to come back and put a button on that because I don't know that that would be a great – that's not a one-size-fits-all type of deal.
0: No, look, the, the bigger issue the, – the biggest issue with Twitter, and this is why I recommend it to you guys, I don't know that I would give the same recommendation to someone else, but I would give a very similar recommendation. And that's – you know, consider – the one way street approach Mm -hmm. and you can make exceptions to that rule, but you've got to be so careful with it. And, and, you know, and again, I'll use these guys like there's this, there's this group of sci-fi authors that all kind of talk to each other. If -hmm. you look Sam Sykes, Chuck Wendig, Mike Cole, John Scalzi, these guys all kind of chat amongst themselves. So, you know, they'll, they'll respond to people, but rarely anyone, but each other. And right. the biggest issue with Twitter isn't posting. The biggest issue with Twitter is reading. So, you know, you guys are in a unique situation where you can filter this stuff. Like if Scott really wants to send a tweet, all he's got to do is email it or text it to me. It's not complicated.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, or- and, I, and you know why that's not appealing to me?
0: <laughs> Tell me because you
1: don't get to see the reaction. Because I don't get to see the reaction. And also because you're not going to post a, You're not going to post a tweet that I would want to post on the fly. You know what I mean? Like, so the problem with me and the reason why I say I'm a unique flower is because where I get in trouble on Twitter is I'll want to cryptically take a shot at somebody. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which
0: is bullshit. You shouldn't be doing that.
2: (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) Why do you think I got off Twitter? (laughs)
0: It's the, you're right for you. It's the versus thing for Brad. It's the, obs- it, it, also for you, it's the obsessive checking thing, Yeah, but, but you're, you're checking to take a shot at somebody. Brad is checking. I don't know why Brad is checking.
2: all. Of oh, them. I'm, I'll, I'll be, I'll tell on myself. I know. It, did they notice me today? Did, oh, <laughs> God. Am, am I important today? Well, they and not know- that- I, I did this. Did they notice that he, that that's what I'm checking for to see if I exist.
0: I mean, that might be, <laughs> that might be everybody too. And you know what's yeah. really you know, what's really scary about that. I was, I, because we got uh, from that last episode, we got a lot of questions, which is great. It gave us a lot of episode oh. fodder for the future. But one of them was uh, some people talking about Instagram. Like I don't get it. I can't gain followers there. I don't know how it works. So I started doing a little market research. Like what are some strategies for building audiences and that kind of stuff? And I, what I stumbled into was a universe of teenage kids who have figured out how to gain the algorithm to gain thousands of followers. Really? An hour.
2: Yeah. It's, and what are they doing? Well, <laughs> Brad's like, so how do I do this? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to exist over there too. Well,
0: uh, listen, here's what's important about this is not that, they're gaining thousands of followers. What's important is that they don't care about the, they don't care who the follower is. Mm -mm. So, you know, you you use these social media things ostensibly to connect with your friends 24-7 and your family and, you know, or your brand and reach audiences and blah, blah, blah. But I would postulate that someone like you or Scott who got huge Twitter followings, I bet if, if there was a program that looked at his Twitter followings or your Twitter followings and said, you know what? This percentage of your following is bullshit.
2: Oh, there, that does exist. Oh, does it? Yeah. I bet. I bet bet if you look, I'll look it up.
0: I bet if you looked, it would be 20 or 30% uh, is just bots or, or accounts that, that an algorithm deems not worthy of your account. Mm -hmm. Essentially, they're not, they're not fans who give a shit about what you say. Or who are going to interact with you, which is what, from a ban- from a brand standpoint, that's what we wanted out of Twitter was we wanted this way to directly connect uh, with our fans. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that's a thing anymore. And, and the reason I don't think that is because the companies themselves, which all have IPOs, are most interested in just collecting as many users as possible so they can raise their stock uh, value and they can make money on advertising, whatever. And... The people using the platform are primarily interested in having as many followers as possible. It goes back to the whole influencer tag that everybody wants to get Mm -hmm. because they see these, you know, lottery winners who have a whole bunch of followers that can now sell a product or whatever. By you know, I'll make a tweet and then you pay me for this.
1: I'll always go back to Kellett. I mean, Kellett is uh, the shiny example of someone who does more with the users and the. Uh, audience that he has mm-hmm. david will make more of an impact with a smaller user base than all these influencers can with with huge numbers it really is a down to the um <clears throat> quality of the user yeah it really is and he's dave is one of these guys who even when he's promoting himself everything dave tweets is like he just found five bucks on the way to the
2: <laughs> He has mastered, he really is really good at that voice, that, that, ah, gee. <laughs> you know? Everything with Dave Kellett is
1: like, he found five bucks on the way to the bodega. Like,
2: <laughs> you know,
1: like, yeah. Hey, Bill Watterson's going to be in our documentary. Neat. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> now can I, can afford that Abba Zabba I've always wanted. Abba
2: Zabba,
1: you're my only friend.
2: Before I forget. The name of the site is twitteraudit.com. Twitter, Here audit. we go. And it says that Scott, I just checked up, Scott's uh, got a very good audit, 75% real followers. But that means wow.
0: 25% of his followers are bullshit.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Through no fault of his own. Yeah.
1: That means 13,000 followers of mine
2: are bots. Yeah. Jesus, Brad, you're 92%. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, but again, it goes back to my, ov- my overall numbers are much smaller than yours. If I had my numbers up where you are, I'd have a bigger percent guaranteed. I'm a smaller target.
0: Yeah. That's the thing though. Right. Is it's like the bigger your account gets, I think the more the it's a, it's like a critical mass. Mm-hmm. So like the, the, the more you're tweeting and the more uh, audience you get, the, the, bigger your percentage of bullshit followers is going to be. Yeah. Mm. And it's very clear from Twitter's actions recently that they have no interest in making a good marketplace or environment. They have a hundred percent interest in trying to grow. They've been stagnant for three years. They're stuck at 300 million users They're not doing anything to quell bots. They just just released a statement Mm -hmm. that said, here's here's why it's okay for Donald Trump to break all of our fucking user guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. That should tell you something.
2: That's everything you need to know about Twitter, man.
0: Everything you need to know about how that company is going to operate. They're going to allow that shit because they have to grow. And the only way they can figure out to grow is to allow... Uh, demagogues on their platform <laughs> because they need other people. What they're hoping is that people will join their platform
2: just to follow. Them. Right. They
1: need it. And there's, and it. there's people Absolutely that need
2: retweet and comment on what he's saying every day. And it's awesome. like, That's you know, same it,
1: thing as YouTube. That's why they'll never get rid of Logan Paul.
2: Right. No, God, no, never. So question for you,
0: Scott. Yeah. Because you've been doing this for 20 years. Twitter's only been around for about 10. Mm -hmm. So how did you feel like you were connected to your audience 2007 and before that you don't now
1: that you're not using Twitter? Well, it's hard for me to say because... You don't remember? Well, not that I don't remember, but it's hard for me to judge feelings I had back then that were legitimate versus were anxiety-based. Right. I think a large reason for why I don't like to work ahead is I want to feel in the moment of I put something up, I get response.
2: Yeah. It's almost like that dopamine hit we were talking about.
1: When I put stuff up in advance, I don't sit around and pay attention to, I don't even remember what strip is up, which is why I I frequently will forget and think, oh, I'm good until Monday and then realize, oh no, I didn't do a Monday strip.
0: (laughs) Right. That's interesting to me. That's very interesting to me. I mean, it's not something I'm proud of, but it's very real. I wonder how much of that started after Twitter, as opposed to before, because before no, I had Twitter it before. there wasn't, but there wasn't a, there wasn't a way for you to get a direct hit like that, like you
2: yeah, I would get an email. Yes and then- yeah, so no. I was going to say yeah. Back then we were everybody was doing comments Forms. on the website, and they were oh, doing yeah. they were doing emails. So there was there was a two horror. direct lines uh, that yeah. we had with our readers.
0: I mean. Not for nothing, but check Facebook. Facebook is not the same. Well, I don't disagree. Mm-hmm. Because it's, a, it's a much quieter environment in a lot of cases, especially
1: with the amount of control we have over what people say, uh, you know, yeah, well, about not only that, but, but no one just, no one just sends you a mention on Facebook.
0: Uh, they can, but they don't. It's not, it's not used in the same way. Right. You can, you can add someone on Facebook technically, but nobody. Yeah. Nobody I
1: get it. messages for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know, man. Um, but those are, those are essentially emails. Right. And I, and I think, again, I think you're in a unique situation back to Brad's original question. I think my recommendation to anybody that that is building an audience that he's using their Twitter account. I, I really think you have to develop for lack of a better terminology, a, a Twitter strategy mm-hmm like this is no longer in 2007 when this started this was all of us shooting the shit this was us doing AOL instant messenger only publicly where anybody could jump into your chat it was fucking chat roulette it really right. was right but it was all funny for a long time i didn't, for the first 2 years i didn't even get on because i was like nobody wants to know that i'm at the grocery store buying a banana <laughs> oh foursquare well, no yeah, Twitter. Wow. That, I mean, that's what Twitter was at the beginning. It oh. was, it was like a, it was like a text version of Foursquare, where mm-hmm. it was like, everyone was just like, here's what I'm eating or here's I'm at the store. It was, yeah. remember it was, it was that at the very beginning. And then it kind of changed and became, it became this weird auto forum. It was a forum you didn't have to check cause it was attached to your phone. Like, yeah. and, and it, it has only recently devolved into what it is currently we haven't had that in a long time, and and to people that are currently that are currently using Twitter, building an audience, I would say, you're fooled into believing that that's what this is. Mm. This is not. Twitter is no longer the place where you you know where you have that experience and you chat with your fans. And I know there's someone out there that's going to argue with me about it, but really, stop and think about what your interactions on Twitter are like. Like like really, honestly, truly think about mm-hmm. it. You've got some good interactions with your with your buds and that's cool, particularly if you're a cartoonist, right? There's these uh, – and I feel like there's an extra level of pressure for creators, <laughs> you know, for makers
2: for stuff,
0: to interact with one yeah. another. Like they want to believe that, oh, so-and-so liked this comment or said something back to me on this thing they you know senpai recognizes me
2: it's 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 a it's a validation bullshit that
0: person does not know you (laughs) they don't know you don't and and it's it's bad of you to think that they do it's it's (laughs) (laughs) no really like we need to we need to think about this shit because there's we're seeing we're seeing some real bad stuff coming from Things like Twitter, and I don't—I don't mean the the quality of the tweets. I mean psychologically, people have never been more fucked up because of this stuff. Mm -hmm. There is a really, really good article uh, in the Atlantic from a researcher who's been who's been researching um, sort of uh, uh, trends in the U.S. for like twenty-two years, and she did a ton of research about smartphones, and she's postulating based on her trending data for the last. 22 to 25 years that smartphones are going to destroy an entire generation. Wow. It's, it's, it's a hyperbolic headline to get people to read it, but uh, the, the headline is have smartphones destroyed a generation. And to this person's credit, she balances out the good and the bad. She's like, look, here are the good trends. Kids are having sex much later. They're not interested in drinking anymore. They're not getting in car accidents. They're not like all this stuff that from you know, Gen X was my problem, this new generation, and she's already past the millennials. She's now in the generation afterward, which doesn't have a name yet, which she calls iGen. She's like, this generation has much less of the problems of the previous two generations, but they have this new problem, which is physical and psychological, and there are yeah. higher rates of depression than ever before and you can tie a hundred percent of it back to the moment when we hit peak cell phone you can tie it right back to when more than 50 percent of americans owned a smartphone uh and there's i mean again there's other stuff in here she's a real researcher she's not throwing it all at cell phones she's like there are a ton of problems but this is a really big one and it's causing. Yes, a ton of good stuff, but also a ton of bad stuff. Like kids are getting less car accidents. Well, that's because they're not getting their driver's license until they're 20, hmm. because they don't have any interest in driving. That, that, remember <laughs>
2: our generation, <laughs> no
0: we remember our generation where it was like, that was that, that was this freedom, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're like, I gotta get my driver's license, I gotta get independence. These kids have independence, they feel like they have independence in their hand. Right. It's when really they're, in my opinion, it's heavy dependence. It's the opposite. They're course, incredibly dependent on this thing. I have
1: heard from a lot of kids that the kids don't have any interest in driving. Even in places where you wouldn't be able, like here. What about the- your kids, Brad? Uh, Well, uh,
2: our kids, (laughs) I'm going to say that our kids is a special situation because it's going to go right into what Corey was going to say. Our kids uh, are not going to get their driver's license at 16 for two reasons. Number one is in Philadelphia, our car insurance is sky high as it is, and adding a teenager would make it unable to to continue. And number two, we've got such good public transportation here that what he is going to get is a monthly pass to SEPTA. And uh, he already navigates all over the city on his own uh, just through buses and trains.
1: Yeah. But I think that
2: less scared of that
1: than I am.
0: Right. And I think a lot of people live in city situations where they don't have to think about that. But I think that's for more than half the population. That's not true. Yeah. And those kids just don't want to drive. So but I think that that rolls uphill, too, with this new generation of creators. Now you have this added pressure. So not only do you have the, the fear of missing out thing, which is about to get added to the psychological, whatever is an actual condition, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when people are going to have to start treating it and stuff. Now you've got the added pressure of is, you know, validate my content. Yeah. Someone please tell me that what I'm doing matters. <laughs> and yeah, true and having followers and likes and retweets does not validate your shit even a well, little
1: f- think about how many kids you know or how many people you know whose kids have told them what they want to be when they grow up as a youtuber Ugh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's way too many.
0: we're gonna have to do an ep on that because i feel like we we bag on i feel like there's there's YouTube has two faces and I feel like we bag on it's easy to bag on YouTube because so much of the shit you hear from YouTube right now are these, you know, vloggers who aren't really creating anything. Uh, and I would even separate the the vloggers from the commentators because I feel like there's a couple people who are doing what amount to daily news shows, mm-hmm. you know, like the, they're, they're doing what amount to the daily show of, of Internet pop culture. But I, I even think those guys are few and far between. Like, I don't see very many boys and girls making that kind of content. I right. I mostly see people being dipshits and getting paid for it.
2: And reaction videos and, you know, stuff and like that. And reaction
0: videos to reaction videos. Like the, yeah again, it goes back to what Scott was saying about this Logan Paul dip. The reason they're not going to oust him is because he generated more money in one week for YouTube than probably anybody in that month. Because his video, though not monetized, his video generated so many monetized videos.
2: <laughs> it did. No, there's yeah. there's
0: data out there, man. That his his video, which he did not try to make money off of, he did not monetize it because he knew he's not stupid. Mm-hmm. He's he's smart enough to make money. He knew what that video was gonna do, and that video generated Thousands of other videos that then were watched that then generated
2: ads. Well, and it generated a a huge following for him, which means that his next video that he uploaded was going to be bank. Yeah, but YouTube doesn't give a shit. Of course not.
0: They're like we're a platform, we're just a platform, bro. That's the thing. We're going to have to do a whole episode about that too. I'm so sick of companies being like I'm, you know, every other shirt on your website is copyright infringement.
2: I <laughs> right? Well, we're just oh, a
0: platform. We're, we're just a company. platform. We're not a t-shirt company. We just allow oh. people to put stuff. We're just yeah. a platform. Speaking of which, okay. We should talk about the topic for this week
1: because there's we're 40 minutes in and we haven't even addressed it yet. I know. I think it's this great. Week. We do. Well, we listen, do. That, last all, that time. whole front part is is a Patreon
2: extra. <laughs> We've been talking for half an hour. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, as well as outtakes and other special features from the show, please consider becoming a patron. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and sign up there. And as always, if you like what you heard, feel free to give us a, I don't know, five star review. Six star. Thanks again. And we'll be back with another regular episode next week on surviving creativity.